On this week's episode of Third and Forever, Kevin and I recap week three of the NFL season. We go into our segments with Performance of the Week, Nathan Beerman Award, Stock Up, Stock Down, and preview week four. And end things as always with the two minute drill. All right, let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oss, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Olm. Kevin, how are we doing? It's a good thing that we record this on Wednesday evenings. <laughs> I needed a lot of time to kind of ramp down from my Monday night experience. As you're well aware, yeah. uh, some of that kind of... It burst through the dam that I had built, and, and it and it went to you. <laughs> you build the weakest dams. That's it's, all I gotta say. Well, it has to get rebuilt major. every year. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just a question of resources. But I, I, no matter how good I build the dam, it's gonna burst pretty frequently. But yeah, it it was it was an emotional time, and we will we will talk about it. But it's probably better to ask you how you're doing because. You guys really got a monkey off your back this week. Yeah, we did. Um, so, obviously, this is the first game, as I noted last week, that Russell Wilson will have ever been in U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't even know if he's actually ever been in there. He's never played a football game in there, that's for damn sure. And it's the first time he's been in, in Minnesota for a football game since the notorious 2015 uh, NFC wildcard game, the Blair Walsh game. And uh, now was even that I was at TCF Bank Stadium, where well now, unfortunately known as Huntington Bank Stadium. Um, yeah, not by the real ones. No, and so we constantly it's Seattle's like our like like how the Niners are for you guys. Seattle's ours. Where yeah, we I was just gonna say we had a every kind of a similar situation this week where we we play well, but we play them every year, and it's always at Seattle. And it's always in prime time. Well. Seattle finally came here. Uh, it was the first game in with fans, and I think it was like 686 days um, with fans in U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in attendance for it. Uh, thank you to my wonderful girlfriend for a great birthday present. And it 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 seriously felt like it was the first time fans were watching this team live because it was. I mean, it's always loud, but very loud. And there were a lot of Seahawks fans, which I know they have a good fan base, whether that's well, they before have a good 2013 now or not. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, whether that was before 2012, I don't know. Um, but there were a lot of Seahawks fans. And so I saw a lot of the gray, saw a lot of neon. I'm just like, gross. You know, my opinions on those uniforms that they wear. Um, An opinion that I share, something that we yeah. agree on. Uh, obviously, this game. I mean, this game was like, weird because it looked like it was gonna hit like it, it looked like it was gonna have eighty total points. Yeah, and then it didn't. Yeah, it, it, it started mean, off hot and then it just cooled yeah, way the fuck tw- down. Twenty-one seventeen at half, and uh, yeah, I it was one of those games where as soon as they went up seventeen to seven, um, 
I was like, oh, shit, here we go again. Like, this is not good. But the defense made a couple stops that it needed to to get the offense the ball back. Kirk led a couple of good drives down the field, and we held, held on for a 21-17 lead. Um, and then, I, you know, even then, I because, like, I wasn't – I thought this was going to be another Arizona game. Like, I, I was well, yeah, just it's the absolutely NFC West. guaranteed. I was guaranteed that this was going to be – coming down to like a kick and we're going to find out somehow lose in heartbreaking fashion. And I was just waiting for that. Um, but that's what we call trauma in the business, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um, and if you remember last week, I was very critical of Mike Zimmer. I, I, I remember, that I remember vividly. He, he needs to come out and rally the guys and rally the team to know that like, Chalk up those first two weeks as we should have won those. You, we definitely should have won at least one of those games. If two things didn't happen, um, you know, we were 2-0 we're going into this week. But it happened. So we're 0-2. You need to bounce back. And second half, our defense completely shut down Russell Wilson in this offense. Their yardage that they gained was basically all in that garbage, lat, you know, under 22nd or 32nd possession they had on the final drive i mean they yeah, and I that's, saw stat. that's something that like russell wilson and the seahawks offense have outscored themselves yeah, yeah. The, and it's always the second half is mm-hmm. by far the worst one all three games this season they've gone off in the first half and then they just go to sleep in the second and it's very yeah. weird and obviously you know vikings defense gets some credit for shutting them down but there is a larger trend at play where last week they yeah. scored six points in the second half. The week before it was seven. This week it was none. You know, yeah. like, I don't, yeah, they, I don't they understand what's they, happening. They did not score. There was a stat I saw that they put up on the screen. I, I rewatched. So like being at the game, um, obviously you don't hear the commentators. I didn't even know Mark Sanchez was the color commentator. Who, by the way, fuck Mark him. Sa- yes. Anti-Mark Sanchez. I'm, I'm conflicted because – he, no, he's a big Kirk fan. He loves the Vikings. I mean, he's just like, no, he, he was called. I mean, he was I was listening to the broadcast. I watched it the day after and I saw a stat that popped on the screen since Chris Carson's touchdown is like 30 yard uh, touchdown run that he had in the second quarter uh, when they went up 17 to seven with that was with um, 11 minutes and 12 seconds left in the second. They since that touchdown. The difference was they had only had 21 plays for Seattle, 164 yards, and the Vikings had 61 plays for 367 yards and obviously 23 points to none for Seattle. Um, That's something that we that I haven't seen, obviously, like in a while, like other than I could think of Denver, I guess, a couple years ago where we were down like 20 to nothing at half or whatever it was or down 20 at half and. Yeah, but this is but this, a Seahawks problem that even goes back to last year. Not so much half to half, but like no. half of season to half of season. The Seahawks yeah. are very inconsistent, you know, on mm-hmm. offense. It's it's bizarre and it keeps happening. I was obviously terrified of going up, you know, the prospect of a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett going against that, and mm-hmm. but Tyler Lockett essentially non-existent in this game i know he got hurt um but then he was back on the field like before then i mean that was pretty late that he got hurt and he's pretty much a non-factor compared to what he's been dk did do had had a good game um 
but I, I mean, our offense, the biggest thing for me was our offense could do literally whatever it wanted. Um, I don't know what what's going on with Seattle's defense. That, that Legion of Boom is so gone. Like, I, I was lucky enough to last week be interview Cliff Averill, who was a member of Legion of Boom. And I'm like, man, I, I, we were talking about this game, and he had Seattle winning a close one. But, like, th- that defense is so far from what it used to be. And, I mean, it's like they had never seen a bunch formation before. Like, I, we just throw Jefferson, Conklin, or Osborne, and Thielen in a bunch, and we just have them kind of doing different things and different levels. And the guy in the middle is almost always open. Like, they, I, I don't yeah. know what it was. Like, I mean, Kirk played phenomenal, I, again. Um I mean, this is three straight weeks, and even with the questionable defense he's played against, like, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. No, I mean, I mean he can't do is... anything better than he has done up until no. this point, uh, realistically. I, I think I think I know, just one more thought on the Seahawks. I think I know what the problem is. I think Pete Carroll doesn't know how to make his defense better, so he just starts playing offense like they're winning, and they yeah. don't need to score points. And I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, Russell Wilson, like, he had a couple really good plays, obviously. And, you know, he did not have a bad game at all. But he definitely – it was never a game where I – I was, like, terrified of him. You know, like, there's you, there's certain quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league that you're just – I don't Russell know, every Wilson time they drop is, back. He's a good quarterback now. He used to be – what Kyler Murray is now that used to be Russell Wilson every single yeah. day. Yeah. And like, and obviously Russell Wilson is, can put the ball pretty much anywhere. And, um, but I, I was, I mean, hats off to Mike Zimmer, whatever they did at the adjustments they made at halftime. I mean, I don't know. I know it's a trend that you see, but Seattle is not a bad team. Uh, they're in a product of having the most competitive division, um, probably the strongest division top to bottom and, you know, is what it is. I, I don't think they're a bad team. It's just, I don't know. I, I think it also was a trap game essentially as early as a season trap game as there can be for them only being one and one and we're zero and two. Like you look at that, we're not zero and two. Like I read off the zero and two teams last year or last week and there was a clear difference between for sure four of the six teams. Yeah, I, um, I I looked at those again recently and uh you know, no disrespect to the Colts except like some disrespect yeah. to the Colts. Uh you guys are the best we're the best 0 2 team. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. by and, uh, by a pretty decent margin. Yeah, and, and I think it's you know, Justin Jefferson, this is his like this is the first game that he's played in front of home fans before. Um, you know, it's it and the biggest thing he saw or takeaway was 118 yards. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> nine catches, touchdown. You know, I'll, you're right. But um, does Adam yeah. Thielen hate fans? He only had 50. <laughs> no, these are the things he, that people are asking. I, I, it's just one of those things that, um, I, I just love the efficiency of this offense. I with with especially without Dalvin Cook. Madison going off and for 112 on 26 carries, very efficient. He racked up another 59 through the air. Um, I mean, like, yeah, this, 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 this is a big we game for have Madison because yeah. I remember when Cook got hurt last season, Madison stunk. And well, so, he, well, keep in mind, he came in 
for the Seattle game, and he ran. He had over 100 yards in the second half. But then the next week, when he was actually allowed to, you know, he was the he was the guy in the game plan all week leading up to the game, and then he had a terrible game. So yeah. there were question marks, and I feel like he's kind of put those to rest. That you know that yeah. was just a bad game, and he is a yeah. Madison, a very Madison is very good. Back. Yeah, he he is very good. He the looks problem too is close to Delvin Cook. He needs to get a haircut. That's his point. That's yeah. no, that's what he wants to do. He even said like he was mic'd up once, and he said he's like I in the camp. He was like I. You know, I'm growing my hair out. I got to look like you. So whatever you do something good, they may confuse you with me. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how it's going to work. Because I got to look I, like you. Alexander, you know? I think that might go the other direction, actually. <laughs> or people no, that don't pay attention. I, I gotta, there's a couple things I want to read off. Um, uh, this one from Dustin Baker, a uh, friend of the program. Pl- players with eight plus passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero lost fumbles uh, through first three games in the NFL in NFL history, like through the first three games in a season. So obviously a lot of parameters, but that list, uh, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and now Kirk Cousins. Uh, so that's interesting. That's nice. Um, passer rating since is not like the others, but yeah, anyway, you're right. Drew Brees, he shouldn't be in there. I mean, (laughs) too short. Yeah. Um, passer rating since the start of 2019. This is not a leaderboard. Just four names I'm going to throw out. Russell Wilson, 107.7. Aaron Rodgers, 107.6. Kirk Cousins, 107.5. Patrick Mahomes, 107.4. Um, yeah, and I feel like I know, we're going to get to Patrick Mahomes a little bit, but I don't know, these are good stats, and they're definitely, you know, Kirk is having a great start to the year. And which people which aren't is what give him he hasn't been able to do, mm-hmm. which is what he hasn't been able to do since he's been here. It's it's we've always known about Kirktober, like you know that that's he just does really well in October, whatever it is since he's been here, and even going into November. Um, what if he just September, traded out starts. Kirktober for Kirktember? And we'll in we'll a couple find days. out on Sunday. We'll find Ooh. out on Sunday, um, and the rest of the month. But because we're recording this on the 29th of September, obviously. That was the last game in September, so we'll see. So you heard um, it here first. Kirk Cousins due for a massive downward spiral. No, and the last thing I wanted to point out, I'm not a huge <laughs> just, like. Ten- just no, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna no. humor me on that one. The the no, the last thing I want to point out, I'm not a huge thing of like oh time of possession is the is one of the major keys to winning football games because it can kind of be a little backwards. Like if you score right away, like on your first play, like that's Obviously, it doesn't help time possession, but it is notable when you have a lead. Time possession in second half, Vikings, 20 minutes and 35 seconds. Seahawks, 4 minutes, 54 seconds. Really hard to win a game when you're already losing, and that's your time possession split. You literally um, don't have the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You just cannot have – I mean, that's the key to beating teams like the – I mean, any high-powered offense. Like, that's what you do. Keep the offense off the field. It's, it's shocking, I know. But the last – Last thing before I move on, the throw. I don't know if you did. You watch this game? Were you watching? Because obviously you had a late game. So I I was time. watching I red stuff, zone but. next to the video games I was playing. Uh, so Got not it. really, not really. Okay. Did you see the throw that Kirk made to to Osborne to extend a drive, basically icing the game? I mean, it, no. us converting that. Maybe so, I probably saw it, but I didn't. I didn't remember it. So I'm gonna pull up just the. Let me get it here. Uh, it ended up being a field goal, I believe is what we ended up on. Yeah. So 
It was third and five. There was eight minutes and 19 seconds left. We're at the Seattle 37. Um, they sh- they're showing blitz. They do bring blitz. And Abdullah is late cover- getting the picking up the linebacker that's coming up free on him. Kirk immediately, you know, gets the, he's in the shotgun. He gets the drop off his back foot. I mean, the guy is on him instantly. He lobs this like a perfect touch pass to a KJ Osborne dragging across uh, who beats his guy on the inside. Oh, I think I did see this because this was, you said it was like third down, right? This was, yeah, it was third and five with eight, 19 left. At this point, the game was only 27, 17. So, big moment obviously in the game i mean down 10 with still eight and change and we have a long, a long field goal if not making it this is a th- and he obviously he made that throw and we ended up taking off another four four and a half minutes off the clock when we kicked a field goal um from the one yard line unfortunately but it was still to make it 30 which was the final score and then you know they had four minutes left to do nothing um yeah it was it was a nice throw and, it was one of those things like that he hasn't – that's a throw that he hasn't made before for us. Like before, he either, you know, trips while he's get, trying to hurry back he or he just kind of – he just kind of protects the ball and turtles down or he, he misses the guy or he throws it and it's it gets tipped or, you know, whatever. And that's something that I've noticed that like he seems to be playing with a different mindset. Like he just – the demeanor of him – is a lot different from, you know, the eye test, so to speak, which, you know, old school fans love to point out the eye test, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just happy with it. I'm happy for Kirk, happy for the Vikings and we're in the win column and we got a big one this Sunday, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get the preview. I'm happy for you and let the record show. Nobody beats the Vikings seven times in a row. Not even Russell Wilson. He got him. He he, he did. He was seven and zero going into this game. Oh, was it shit? Eight times yeah. in a row. No <laughs> one beats the Vikings. Not a single person beats the Vikings eight times in a row. Take that, yeah. Russell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Badger, um, son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, that's literally half. You know, most of your fan base are Badger fans, right? Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Trust me, I am aware. Yeah, uh, and they're like the same people, so it's just. Whatever. Um, yeah, they're allowed to be half wrong and half right. It's fine. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump to the before we go to your game because we're gonna go in chronological. Tampa Bay went to L.A. and played the Rams. Um, this game was the the Rams are for real. The, this really yeah. proved it. The Rams had been beating up on you know some questionable opponents. At least you know they had the Colts who have looked very dicey so far this year in the bears who are kind of a shit show. Um, and you know, convincing win against the bears, small margin of victory against the Colts. And then they come out and granted they're at home, but you know, they take the Buccaneers down by 10 points and it wasn't ever really close. The Buccaneers had a garbage time touchdown. It was, there was a bigger disparity between these two teams than the final score even indicates. Yeah, no, I think it's what the problem is. The Bucks, they're an opportunistic defense. It strikes me as like they really mm-hmm. capitalize on creating havoc and creating these big yeah, momentum with guys like Vea who bust through the line of scrimmage and start you know messing well, up and plays as, and stuff as, like that. As Gover alumni, you know, we saw you know Antoine Winfield is a guy that he just he makes plays, and so you have like 
a defense made up of guys like that. I mean, Levante David, uh, Devin White, these guys are just, they're so good. But I feel like if a team can stay within itself and not commit mistakes, like, yeah. I mean, that's the key, obviously, and that's that's a key for a lot of teams. But as long as you take care of the ball, you're going to beat this team. You have you have you have every chance to beat this team. And I I just I don't know. I I the Rams are scary, man. Like the Rams are scary. Um, I I think that we were all kind of wondering before the season started. Okay, how is Matt Stafford? going to fit in to this offense into this new system we'd only ever seen him in one place that was about as different from the LA Rams as you could possibly be and I know that I was somewhat skeptical I thought that he would do better uh, in Los Angeles than he did in Detroit but holy shit I mean he looks like the system was designed for him he four touchdowns he is in love with Cooper Cup I mean holy shit yeah, he, I mean, he, yeah, he almost has through through three games. He has 942 yards, nine touchdowns, one pick. I mean, it's it's easy to say that he is he's well on his way to a career year, um, which yeah. shouldn't shock anyone. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the minus his, two his rushing projected. yards. Not great. Come on, Matt. Yeah, um, I'm trying to let me. I don't know. We just keep going. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, he's I'll he, he looks phenomenal. The offense is clicking, and I think I don't know. I always respected McVeigh as a play caller, but I never super feared him. I thought he was just good at it in the same way that like a you know like Matt Lafleur. I think is good at calling plays. He's not like an evil genius or anything. He's just good at it. But yeah. when you have a competent guy under center. It's it's night and day, and yeah. apparently Jared Goff was the problem. Even though I think Jared Goff is a halfway decent quarterback, this yeah. I, this really cinched it against a good defense. They looked unstoppable. Yeah, he's so I pulled it up here. He's currently projected five thousand twenty four yards, forty eight touchdowns, and only five picks. Obviously, it's a crazy pace, but. I definitely like I, I'm not going to be surprised he gets over 40 touchdowns and has under 10 interceptions. Like he, I I knew he we always knew he was good. Like after being playing him twice a year, he was by far the best part of the the Lions team. Mm-hmm. And but he like now that he has someone that actually is you know calling plays that is really good at it. It's scary, and with the you throw in weapons like Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, even you know the corpse of Deshaun Jackson getting a seventy-five yard <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, like Jesus I, I just and like obviously Daryl Henderson, like their running games, their their biggest question mark. But Sony Michelle didn't look terrible. Well, the Rams I mean, are one of those teams where not as much as the 49ers, but you don't need to be a Hall of Fame running back to have success in that system. No. Um, I do want to say Bruce Arians and Byron Lefwich, the play callers or the, the offensive minds behind Tampa Bay, they need to figure out the run game. Yeah, I, I was going to ask like, you, are, are you looking Brady at the box score right now? Yeah. And they if Tom have Brady's your leading rusher. Yeah, they have 35 total yards, and rusher. most of them are from Tom. <laughs> what well, the fuck is going it, on? You look at every week. 
the carries are are minuscule. I mean, they give a guy like Ronald Jones who has talent. Ronald Jones is not bad, but you're like, oh, you only got five. You only got eleven yards off five carries. Like, yeah. Well, and the, like the you, entire what do you team, expect him to do? The entire team is sitting at eleven or thirteen total carries. Three of those are Tom. I think one was a sneak, so you can take two of those off the board as unplanned, and that's 11 planned running plays to Tom's yeah. 55 attempts at passing the football, which yeah. I'm not a math major, but I'm pretty sure that's you know a one-sixth of the time you're running the football. You're making it yeah. pretty easy for the Rams, pass rushers, and the defense in general to you know, be ready like, for what you're going to do. I feel like especially going against a defense like the Rams that are so good, like when they have a person like Aaron Donald, arguably the best football player on the planet, um, where he just knows yeah. I'm just going to pin my ears back and go after the quarterback. They don't have to think about you hand, turning around and handing the ball off and linemen driving into them. Well, And that's I mean, the that's, worst that's for terrible. the Bucks because when he does that, the quarterback he's going after is arguably the most immobile quarterback in the NFL at this point. Ro- I guess, yeah, you're make right. A point. Was, as soon as I was made, gonna... made his case. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, there. oh, shit, I forgot about Big Ben. But, but that's the thing, like, yeah, like if you the only way to beat I mean, one of the ways to beat Tom Brady is by winning with your front four. You get by him off the spot. Winning with your four yeah. guys. Yeah, you cannot if you blitz against him, he has has a long history, two decades spanning history of exposing teams for blitzing against him. Like he's gonna find the guy. So you have to win with your front four going against their five. And a team like the Rams, they're built for that. Like they don't need to blitz. Like it's just yeah, I, I, I think the issue with the Bucks offense and the running game specifically, I think Bruce Arians hates both Ronald Jones and to a lesser yeah. extent Leonard Fournette, who's also just like a little bit old, but especially mm. Ronald Jones. He's just like, these are my running backs and I don't like them, so I'm not going to use them. And yeah. that's just, it's fine. I like Tom and we're just going to do the Tom thing. And I mean, I don't know. I've seen worse. You know, I've seen worse offenses. They still manage to put up some points, but it's not sustainable. And it's not the way, you know, you can you can do that on a bad defense. But when you run up against, you know, some a unit like the Rams, it's not going to work. Right. I mean, we are a long ways away from playoff Lenny, Super Bowl winning Lenny. And it's like, I, uh, I don't dude, know. Lenny have, got four carries. <laughs> I, mean, I am. I'm never like I I just I would never be scared against this this Tampa Bay Bucks rushing attack. Like, there's nothing scary about it because they're not committed to it. They don't commit to it. And, like, I get that you want balance. You need to have some bit. Like, I don't know. It opens up so much more for the pass game, which is crazy to me that they don't realize it. I don't know. Like, Tom Brady, like, luckily he's good. Well, it, he's still, they, like, they get bailed out of this games. flawed strategy because Tom Brady's playing very well. And they yeah. got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. Uh, Antonio Brown, and, and then like even their backup guys like Tyler Johnson, Giovanni Bernard, <laughs> Gio Bernard, Scotty Miller, like OJ Howard. These are all guys that could start on other teams. Yeah, at their respective positions. So their receiving game is so robust they can usually lean on it. And this was a situation where they they didn't slash couldn't. I mean, they didn't seem that like they really tried that much. But no, yeah. So I don't know. I think that uh, the Rams are for real. The Bucks. I, you know, we're going to bounce back. This is not the blueprint game or anything like that. No. It's just Bruce Arians being very stubborn. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Sunday night. Um, 
Ooh-wee. I'll, I'll let you, you you lead off on this one. Yeah, so like you kind of talked about with the Seahawks and the Vikings, the Niners, as of the last several years, have kind of been that for the Packers. Um, mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, and even going back even to like the Kaepernick era yeah. where, I mean... Ran I all over you guys. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember how many times... Yeah, it's fucking long legs. Uh, I don't remember how many times we've lost to the Niners in the playoffs, but it's a lot. I'm I'm very sure of that. And there's this narrative, especially this year, there was the stupid fucking narrative circling around. San Francisco was Aaron Rodgers' number one destination in the offseason. If that is true, which... I don't think we're ever going to know for sure because I don't think he's going to say whether or not that's true. But if that is true, it doesn't matter at all. He's not there. He's here. We are in week three. Find another story. I mean, Jesus Christ. This is all you guys have to talk about now is, well, if he, he wants to leave Green Bay and he doesn't leave Green Bay. Well, if he did, he would have been. Shut up. Oh, my God. So that that pissed me off before the game had even begun. I was in kind of a shitty mood, and I was expecting them to lose. I mean, um, of course they're going to talk about it. Like it's just, like the Niners were his are his hometown team. Like obviously, yeah, but you never have I, I, like I if it's, if Russell Wilson wanted to was going to leave the Seahawks, he would have rather been what? What? Keep in mind though, like this is a lot of it's because of your quarterback's aloofness. Like as, through it all, he's always well, been like obviously yes, he's showing, but like what they you know. Well, there's a long al- time. There's almost. Well, first of all, I don't know if you saw the video of him watching that field goal go in at the end, but he's not aloof. Second, there's also he is aloof in the off season for sure. He was. There's he also so he showed a little bit of emotion. Like, come on, whatever. Like that's okay. Like, <laughs> but there's also a slant to this where he's from California originally. The Niners told him they would draft him back in the day and didn't, and all these kind of personal factors for him to go into it. And I don't know whether or not. They're actually, you know, relevant in terms of why we keep losing. Um, but it's always out there and it's very annoying. So I don't like the Niners. I don't like playing the Niners. And I was in a bad mood before the game really even started. And then we got out to a lead. Things were looking very nice. And this game was subject to objectively some of the worst officiating I have seen in a long time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say poor also officiating. But like, I'm not saying. I know you're probably gonna have other thoughts, but it went both ways. It did. There were whether two, you like to believe it or not. There were like, two somewhat questionable pass interference calls that went the Packers' way. There were two very questionable pass interference calls that went the Niners' way. One of them in the end zone that gave them the ball on the one yard line. That after, literally happened for you guys too last week. After the Adams, second which of which. About. They missed an intentional grounding on third down, and then they scored on the ensuing fourth down to keep the game close. They There was a catch that bounced off of the ground that got challenged that they upheld, even though replay clearly showed it bouncing off the ground. They call a tripping on Adrian Amos and ignore the fact that he had his jersey wrapped up in both hands of the offensive lineman who was holding him. And the only thing he could do was stick his foot out. There was a helmet-to-helmet on Devontae Adams. That dude should have been fucking ejected from the game. That was one of the even, dirtiest, even most dangerous said it plays. Wasn't into his head, though. I understand. Devontae said that because he doesn't want to be out with a concussion next week. That's There's no way that that wasn't. I mean, watch the video. That is 
in uh, it's helmet. He said he got the wind knocked out of him, but I don't know. I think I that I agree that that there should have been a flag on that. Um, but it was shocking that he was down something. He was back out immediately. That's where I was saying like that's where as soon as yeah, he and I don't out and I don't know what happens in the tent, but I don't think he came you out. Can he was possibly. in the tent for like a second and was like, "I'm good." Well, which, there was a timeout and a commercial break in there. But I yeah. just like to think that like if he goes in the tent. And is out immediately. Like he he comes right back on the field. It definitely no way was a helmet to like. I don't know. I just think I mean, like dude, it, can't, what, it can't be both ways. Do me a favor. Watch the play. The helmet oh, hit his helmet. That's what happened. It, it, I mean, there were lots of cameras pointed right at them. I, that's that's what happened. And the fact that that is a no call in a game where they are calling the softest fucking pass interferences that have ever been called in the NFL. It's clear that the crew wasn't very good at their jobs. That first pass interference in the end zone that I mentioned earlier, the receiver fell down, didn't catch the ball, got up and started complaining. And then the ref reached into her pocket and dropped the flag on the ground like four seconds after the play had ended because she's spineless and she caved and whiny receivers get what they want. I mean, it was an awful game in terms of officiating and i this is kind of now we're referencing back where the dam broke and i was texting you i'm fucking done with football because they can't get this right the nfl refuses to take the steps necessary to get competent officials that won't fuck up the outcome of these games and i am still firmly on that take that they are not doing nearly enough but then we all, but, I, my my personal watch, and it won't matter. You're not going to be actually done with football. Well, no, I, that's the thing. Then I also got saved the by the miracle won. win at the end, and the podcast got saved too. So I guess you know we went on two fronts. There. I, I would have just got a solo. I just, just talking to yourself, just, pausing. I would, I would like, just fully call him coward. That's what I would be. I just gotta find. You know, I'll have you. Paige be like Joy, and I'll just, I'll just come up with these just, weird. Just things. talk and talk and talk. Yeah. <laughs> but so the end of the game, uh, you know, the Niners go down, score a touchdown to go up one point. Um, which with Kyle, thirty-seven seconds left. Why are you scoring? Why are you making that extra effort? You have all the timeouts. I don't understand. Like, I mean, thirty-seven seconds, no timeouts. I feel like had, if I was all, Kyle, they had, they had timeouts. I'm pretty sure. No, no, I'm saying the, the Packers had no timeouts. Oh, I know, but yeah, but come on. Even you and I knew as as soon as that he scored. First thing I said, too much time. Like that's it. I wanted to say too much time, but dude, thirty-seven seconds. The only way it could have happened is the way that it happened. To like the forty-yard line or the thirty-eight-yard line, like you get the ball automatically at the twenty-five. You essentially need to go. What is that? Like forty yards, which you got easily. Like ish. I don't know. It was two twenty-something-yard passes, and I mean, if you're the Niners' defense, I don't know what are you. What are you doing? doing? What's happening out there? First of all, you know what do you exactly think he's throwing the... the ball to? Yeah, I just, dude. Twice. It happened once, and maybe, you know, I... you let him do it once, and then, I mean, you should have a 10-man prevent formation, whatever you want to do. Just put a guy on Devontae man-to-man. Like, they because... literally had to go 42 yards. That's all you need to go for a 51-yard field goal. Like, that's what yeah. I'm saying. They could easily gone, you know... He could yeah. have a crack at it in upper 50s, but still, that's not that far. And you're playing a weird – like, I don't know what – Fred Warner, I think, is very good. 
uh, why are you not getting more depth? Like as soon as you see the receiver, especially Devontae Adams, get in front of you or get behind you, maybe keep backing up. Maybe like you know where that's going. Yeah. I just so I mean head scratchers there for sure. Um, they get down the field. Crosby drills a fifty-one yard field goal. I fucking love Mason Crosby. I need to get a Mason Crosby jersey because he's just—I mean—he's a franchise leading scorer. I'll, I'll have one at some point, but I just love that man. And and you get the crazy walk-off touchdown or the walk-off uh, score for the win, and I'm I'm back, and I and I'll still keep watching football. But god damn it, um, a couple other notes I had about this game. I was very happy with the offensive line. I thought they did an excellent job, uh, especially uh, Yash Nijman, who was a name that I had never heard before that. And I like to think that I know most of even the more obscure Packer players. Uh, he had to fill in at left tackle uh, for Jenkins, who was hurt, and he was going up against Bosa. And he... Did his job for the most part. He had a couple penalties he got called for, and you know he didn't play an absolutely perfect game, but he did much better than I think anyone was expecting. The offensive line in general was doing a great job run blocking, uh, really looking better. And I think it's not going to be you know super relevant for several more weeks still. But when we get Bakhtiari back, Jenkins goes back to where he's supposed to be at, and everyone just kind of goes back to their ideal spot on that offensive line that's going to go back to being a pretty solid unit which is good because that was that was kind of a concern going in um i thought lafleur called a fantastic game as well knowing you oh yeah are you at all concerned about the over-reliance on Devontae adams no, I mean, look at the, the target because, share is absurd yeah that's no, absurd it's, it's absurd and my response to that is okay cover him because people can't or won't, and I don't think it's that they won't. Um, he is he is the whole offense, and there's always, I guess, some inherent risk in that. When you know, hypothetically, if you know he gets injured or something like that, then you have a huge uh, disadvantage. But MVS had a really nice touchdown. Lazard is still the best blocking receiver in football. Um, he he volunteered after that kickoff return that the Niners had at the end of the first half. He went over to the special teams coordinator and volunteered to be one of the gunners, and he was like the guy making the hit the rest of the kickoffs of the game. Um, so he he gets brownie points for that. I, I'm not super worried about it. Cause I'm sorry, there's only, there's only room for one uh, special team star turning into receiver in the NFC North and then his name is Adam Thielen so Lazard can take a back seat there nice try no yes um <laughs> but I thought I thought LaFleur called a great game in terms of you know getting the ball out quick and kind of scheming that offensive line weakness out of the game you know very quick plays nothing that takes too long to develop usually kept the run game you know very involved and a big factor in opening up the passing game. And then on defense, this was the best defensive showing by the Packers so far this year, um, which isn't saying a whole lot. But uh, a couple turnovers. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo just threw the ball backwards at one point, which was really fun. I don't know. Like, they keep putting... I thought we were going to see Trey Lance, like, like, for real. I I was watching the game, and I'm like, Garoppolo's just so boring. I just... There's nothing hey, about white him bread. that I'm like, this. he just doesn't do anything that well. Like, he's not great 
at any like one thing. Like no. it's not like he's that overly accurate or Jimmy whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo is like clip art. You know, stock footage of a quarterback. Like, yeah. he's just like, this is what a quarterback looks like, and this well, is what a quarterback Well, he looked like a quarterback does. in like a teen melodrama. Like, yeah, he looks I don't like know. he looks like a quarterback in like a One Tree Hill kind of show or something. He's That's too basketball. pretty. Friday, you could have said Friday Night Lights. That's literally about football. Come I, on. Well, I don't know. I've, I mean, I, I meant like in that same vein, which I guess yeah, Friday Night like Lights. A CW some, show. A yeah, some CW sort of CW show. where everyone's too pretty show. Like yeah. that's that's Jimmy Garoppolo. And, yeah. I think his days are numbered. He did have a really nice drive there at the end. Uh, he scored yeah. a touchdown to go up, but still ended up losing, so that will be forgotten. He had, like I said, the fumble was really bad. The interception he threw, uh, that was just a crazy play by Jair to get across the field that quickly and intercept that. And Jair, Jair still... got picked. Jair got exposed a little bit. Uh, he Jair, had a nice interception. Jair but... had the nice interception. He got thrown on one of the touchdowns. Game. It was I don't his know. fault. But there were other, there were a couple other plays where you know Debo Samuel the catch IU it touchdown. On, that was a good one. Um, on, that was I, on Jair. Yeah, the IU touchdown was what I was talking about. But there was a there was a big third down where I mean Debo caught the ball and Jair had his hand like in between the ball and Debo's chest and somehow Debo just fucking one. Deboed it. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. mean, it was a really good play by the receivers. I still yeah. love Jair. Eric Stokes played this whole game and there's a certain guy with an alliteration name. Who's you know I haven't mentioned because he didn't fucking play and I would never celebrate the uh, the injury or illness of a Packers player in public but I mean this Stokes has to have this job now if I see uh, KK back out there again Kevin Kevin King Kevin yeah fuck King. we say we <laughs> say his name because you do this to me uh, yeah if I see King back out there next week playing that corner two position I. I'm going to lose all hope that he's ever going to lose that job because I think it's it's very clear at this point that Stokes is the one you want out there. Even, you know, if he is making some mistakes here and there, he's learning and his ceiling is just so much more than what we know King is. Um, also, Chris Collinsworth can fuck off. He was insinuating the entire broadcast that the Packers were benefiting from the calls, even though they did, literally didn't have a call that benefited them for like three and a half quarters after those two P.I.'s. I I don't understand there, there where he's coming the, from the, with that. The trend, the, the, literally, there literally is like evidence that say the Packers have been penalized the least or have given up the mo- like the least amount of first downs. Okay, regardless of what macroscopic league wide like, conspiracy you want to throw around with your tinfoil hat, this not, game in particular is what Collinsworth <laughs> was talking about, and he was just wrong the entire time and just. Find someone that, that covers for you, like Chris Collinsworth covers for NFL refs. Now, here's a guy that will say literally anything to get off the fucking subject. I, I, I you are alone in this. I, I enjoy Chris Collinsworth. I don't, I mean, there are, I mean, I don't, I don't hate Collinsworth usually, but this game, he, ooh, he was grinding my gears. <laughs> I bet. That's, that's all I, I have. I've never here. heard someone complain so much about refs in a win. Than you, like it's 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 true. It's only remarkable. a win because we had a miracle. I mean, that's okay, and and that makes me nervous for next week because you know how I feel about teams after they get a miracle, they always lose. But we'll talk about that. Later. I don't. I wouldn't even call that. That was a that was another Tuesday. I feel like that wasn't a miracle. Yeah, you're but... right. Aaron's just that good. <laughs> Driving those forty five yards with the softest defense known to man. Oh wait, that's Devontae. Let's not cover him. The softest let's defense him, known let's to leave man. Him wide the Forty Nineers. Good that that, that defense take. that they had, end of the game. End of the game, yes, it was. 
I don't know what their coverage was. Not not trying to win a game. Literally one guy you have to guard, and they didn't for two back-to-back plays. I mean, I know, they man. have no one to blame but themselves. I think they were Terrible. trying to guard him. I just don't think they could. I don't think they were. <laughs> you think they I don't were? Know. You think they were trying they are, to not guard him? They are reeling after losing Robert Sala to the Jets. I, I, their defense. Well, Robert is, Sala is reeling too, so everyone's reeling. Well, he's not the one throwing interceptions. He doesn't want to run the offense, so he's all right. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's go into segments. Let's start with performance of the week. Um. I'm going to go ahead and start with performance of the week. Big bounce back week for him, Mr. Josh Allen. Uh, we we both were, you know, uh, in the I, – I had him as my MVP vote uh, in, the prece- in the prediction. And he came out swinging in this game against what should be a good defense. I don't know. I, that might be a question mark now. I don't know, but he could do whatever but, he wants. But at any rate, I mean, Washington. even though it's not a – good defense or a top tier defense. I mean, he, he took them apart. It wasn't yeah. even funny. I mean, yeah. he looked like Josh Allen of last year. 32 of 43, 358, four touchdowns, no picks, not sacked. He also ran in on a touchdown, uh, was spreading the ball around a decent amount. And I, I mean, he just looked good. He looked sharp. He didn't, he didn't look like he did the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Right, yeah. Writing the ship, hopefully. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, let's see. My performance of the week, it's got to go to Mr. Justin Tucker, who oh, broke yeah. the league record for field goal, you know, longest field goal, 66 yards, doinked off the crossbar and went through to beat the Lions as time expired. And I just want to take this moment. If you are out there on the Internet talking about the delay of game on the play before, I need you to just just stop because it's the Lions. They're not going to do anything this year anyway. And, yeah. you know, delay of game is also one of those very squishy penalties that like the, the broadcast clock might not be exactly right. And the judge has to yeah. look over here, look over there, do this thing. Yeah, it was a, a bad look. And maybe technically it was a missed thing. But if you can't, if you are too busy, like up in arms about how this field goal like shouldn't have happened and you can't appreciate the 66 fucking yard field goal that you just watched go through and doink off the upright in the most spectacular fashion known to man you need to go outside smell the fucking flowers a little bit if you're a lions fan this doesn't apply to you you can complain obviously but anybody else oh my god shut the fuck up it was really cool just let him have it well and also like justin tucker is like is the, the greatest kicker of all time. It's not even close. And, like, and the fact that he now has this record, it just, it's, it's, it's everything is right as it should be. Like he need, yeah. like I hated that Matt Prater had that. And, and, well, and the, and the previous record set at mile high. So asterisks right there. Um, like he did this. I mean, he was indoors. He had no wind help. I mean, this is yeah. all his leg and it's just, Awesome. And and the doink, so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, thought when I first saw it, I couldn't really tell with the depth perception. I thought it hit the ground at like the five yard line, and that's what the <laughs> bounce was. I was like, oh no. Yeah. yeah, but so the the Ravens squeak by against the the frisky Lions. But uh, honorable mention, Justin Herbert, nice week. Yeah, uh, Nathan Peterman Award. I'm gonna stick it with the doink. Um, I'm actually giving this one. To Bears fans, not because you deserve it, <laughs> but because of what you're dealt with. Um, holy shit, was that bad? Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like it, it's one of those things where, yes, Matt Nagy's terrible, 
and he should be fired. But Justin Fields looked bad, too. Montgomery looked bad. Like, the whole team looked bad. Yeah, and, and I think Montgomery and uh, Allen Robinson kind of have a track record where you can say, okay, you know, they're objectively probably pretty pretty fine players. Mm-hmm. But people are – everyone's talking about Nagy or Fields, Nagy or Fields. Por que no los dos? Like, it could be both of them that they're just yeah. terrible and they're terrible together. And and I want to say, uh, sticking with Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker's field goal was 19 yards longer than the Bears' offense gained in this game. So that's how bad it was. Justin Fields netted with sacks because when you get sacked, you lose your passing yardage. He netted one passing yard on six of 20 passing. And what attempts. a yard it was. <laughs> it's just God I mean, damn it. If that wasn't the best yard, I understand. Like I saw a thing where they said he had less than a second of, to throw the ball. I'm like, that's not true. That's like his like throwing motion, like timing. Like he had over like three seconds to throw the ball. He just yeah. it wasn't good. He didn't look sharp. He had a couple plays that just looked really bad. Yes. He was sacked nine times, but sacks, kind of also go against the quarterback too a little bit like if they hold do, on do the you ball remember too when, long, they, yeah do you remember when he said he was like the like it seemed kind of game slow was too to slow. him yeah, i think dude. maybe he's seeing the game slow and like he gets sacked in real life before he sees the sack happen he's like yeah, watching it's... at half speed <laughs> i mean the the bears averaged 1.1 yards per play versus the browns that's the second fewest by any team in a game this century um, that's so it's a, bad. It's a big sample size. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> there, really... there have been quite a few games <laughs> this century. That's, that's terrible. And I just, I don't know, man, like they're such a weird team and like, so, so hypo- hypothetically, right? You got 16 ish games times. I know there's like bye weeks and stuff like that. 16, 17 weeks in a year, two teams in each game. A hundred years. It's like fifty thousand games. Yeah, and there's fifty thousand teams in the game. Yeah. Oh my god. They rank <laughs> like four hundred ninety or forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety ninth out of fifty thousand teams. Yeah, like it's 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 absurd, dude. And like I just I feel bad because like I'm you know I have I two brother in laws that are Bears bad. fans and I I don't think switch. You know, I, I don't think Fields is going to be like is like a bust, but this was this is about as worse of a start, first start as you could ever imagine. Like yeah, there was talking the the Fields breakout and and the fact that buddy. it was against the Browns and like the Browns are not like, obviously the Browns are very different from what we've known the Browns as, but like this is I mean it's just oh god it's so bad. Yeah, it but, was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, my Nathan Peterman, Ben. We got to talk, man. Big Ben Roethlisberger, who is looking as big as ever and very Very old. old. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, he looked just eyeball test terrible. The Steelers only put up 10 points. Um, You know, Ben was 38 of 58. So just throwing the ball every chance he gets one touchdown, but two terrible picks and the the stuff that's coming out, you know, after the fact, because I didn't get to watch a lot of this game as it was happening, but the videos on social media of Ben just just tossing a little shovel pass, just falling over on his face, tripping over his feet. He looks 
terrible. He looks washed. This is he is this year's Drew Brees in that he just does not have it at all anymore. And yeah. this has got to be, I think, probably the last year for Big Ben. And he's probably the reason that the Steelers are not going to be a player in the postseason because their defense is pretty decent. They have weapons, but Ben cannot get it done. Well, and look at the rest of the AFC. Like they're not they're not going to win that division. And like they most likely won't win the division. And then you get one of the wild cards and there's some surprises in the in the AFC right now. So good luck. I don't you you know, you know that Ben was having trouble throwing the ball when Najee Harris had 14 receptions. That means that he's just not those are quick little let's play to the fact that Ben can't do this anymore. And yeah, yeah. So he's my Nathan Peterman. Sad to see it. Not really. (laughs) All right. uh, Stock up. I'm I'm going with teams convincing fans that they're actually good. So that's pretty vague, couple, but I like it. There are there are a couple teams in here, like for example, Denver Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah, I was just about to say the Broncos. They are three and zero, but their opponents have a combined zero and nine record. Um, what are your thoughts ideal. on the Raiders? Raiders. Do they fall into this category? Yeah, I I was about to say the Raiders are definitely. In there, like them being the Ravens is is big. They they throw a lot of yards. I like them more than the Broncos, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still I'm I'm not putting them up there with the elite teams. And you have a guy like team like Carolina Panthers, they're three and zero. Well, you look at they they played the Jets, beat them by five in week one. They did beat the Saints, but as we're seeing now, two weeks, the Saints aren't who we thought they were, or Ew. they are who we. They are who we thought they were. I feel like but their defense is who we thought it was. But... They fooled us week one. Yeah. Uh, for like offensively. Uh, and then they beat the Texans, you know, 24 to nine last Thursday. So I, a couple teams, if you're a fan of them, eh, don't go buy in division champ shirts. Yeah, your, your stock up is, those. is fraud first place teams because the standings are hilarious this week. Like yeah. the Chiefs are at the bottom of their division. Yeah, no, my, you know. my my stock up is these teams fooling their fans to be like, yeah. oh my gosh, look how good we are. Like that's it's a it's a great sell job. It's three games in. We got fourteen more to go. So just hold on. Yeah, I I, I like that one. Uh, my stock up is Lambeau Field, soon to be the only non-dome in the NFC North. Uh, the Bears today actually kind of went public with. A land acquisition, um, so they're going to be building a new stadium at some point in the next several years, and they're already mm. talking about big glass ceilings, modeled like SoFi Stadium, and they can have Final Four and yada yada yada. And so we're just well, going to put I mean, the that's Bears. How they pitch. That's how they pitch. Oh the, yeah, I know. You know to, the, to the get expense. It, the approval and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So R.I.P. Soldier Field, the flying toilet bowl through space. Um, but yeah, the stock up would be Lambo as the only real NFC North stadium left in uh, in existence where you can get hit by precipitation and it wasn't because the roof broke. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Do you, do you, nice. do you have any comments about that or you just going to – No, I'm good. U.S. Banks, a, US yeah. Bank's immaculate and you've, you've even said so yourself. So Yeah, I heard the birds you, are dying to get in there. They they have not been bird. They're literally a bird team has never beaten the Vikings at U.S. Bank. Boom. 
Yeah, I. You know what? Has never beat you. Beat the Vikings. You know what? You've convinced me. I, I've actually. And the that's, streak continues. Yeah, that that's funny. We should we should yeah. do we should do a joke about that. That's like that great. actually is pretty good. Birds are I have not won. You, you guys, funny. you guys won because Russell Wilson got excited and just ran into the fucking wall of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stupid fucking bird. Did you see what he did? Um, he was like they were practicing, I guess, at one of the Gophers facilities. And he like had some cones that marked like I want to I'm going to pull up this tweet because it was so like didn't make any sense. Um, Wait, what do you, what actually, do you mean? Like Russell like Wilson. Was, yeah, yeah. But so like, what it was like during do? his practicing, he was like mid practice, like during the weekend. He did this. He tweeted this on the 25th. So four days ago. So what is that? Saturday? Yeah. yeah. Tweet this at 426 on Saturday. He goes, when you realize your cones, you are, your cones have been missing, dot, dot, dot. They say, row the boat, dot, dot, dot. I say, take the cones, hashtag on Wisconsin, at UW Badgers versus at UMN News, or UM News, hashtag rivalry for the axe. And Wait, it's so a picture of him. He stole the cones? He's, there are cones that are marked, like that have the Badgers logo on them. I guess, and there's like you can see in the background. He's so he, like, get, he gave them cones. I don't know. He like, brought his own cones. Everyone <laughs> in the comments is like, "The fuck does this mean? Like, what are you? What?" And then he proceeds to lose, and it's great. But this this would be a great a, a great clip if you want to put it in here. Just just yeah. show this tweet. It makes zero sense. And again, I don't know how you want to I want to do I, that. But I'm so I. <laughs> It's it's mind boggling. I feel like I'm gonna get it less when I see the tweet too. Like Russell Wilson yeah. is a robot and he probably he's just a weirdo. Glitched. He's yeah. a weirdo. He's a fucking um, strange guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, stock down. My stock down goes to Mr. Carson Wentz, uh, or at least the Carson Wentz project so far. He, the Carson Wentz project. That'll be his band yeah. after he quits <laughs> yeah. the NFL. He just he just doesn't look very good. And I mean this is. Tennessee's not a good defense, but no. their offense was was terrible. Like it was very anemic, and the Colts double sprained ankles. They should, they should be they should be so much better than zero and three, man. Like should they? I don't know what to should say. they really? I, yeah, they should. Like I I've been documented saying Carson Wentz should be up for a good a big year. He's back with his original play caller with Frank Reich and bounce back year. And I, I don't I know. The that... offensive line is a problem. Like they're. They have, uh, you know, they just can't be healthy. Yeah. Um. So there's Jonathan some, Taylor's been slow. Yeah. There, there's there's some metric out there that, like, and, and when we discover it, when science advances far enough, we'll discover the metric and we'll call it just like juice, and it, it it'll just be this one stat that will tell you whether or not a player is out of athletic potential. Yeah. The person once has no juice. He is no. out of juice. He is void of juice. He is juiceless. Um, yeah. He and, lost it all when his ACL went. Like yeah, just drained his, out of his leg. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I would expect them to draft a quarterback next year. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and they're set up for a pretty good pick, although I don't know who the <laughs> yeah, next. Yeah, so far they're set up for uh, the first pick. No, I don't know who the uh, who a person would be, but well, I guess time will tell. Yeah. Um, all right, what's, what's your stock down? Uh, my stock down is a guy who – you know, was probably going to be in the stock up category uh, last week. You know, looking looking really nice. Uh, Mac Jones had a rough weekend. 
Uh, you look at the uh, the box score of this game. They're playing the Saints, who you know look like a decent defense, but not amazing. Uh, three interceptions, uh, you know, two seventy and a touchdown, but three picks. Some of them were God, God quite forbid bad. You throw multiple interceptions against uh, against the Saints defense. Hey, two, not three. Two. Multiple, multiple. They're bad too. I mean, two, a God trio. Forbid. Yeah, no. <laughs> who who the fuck would do that? How many years is how many years is your quarterback having Mac Jones? And uh, uh, several. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you only score 13 points against the Saints. That's pretty oh, fucking embarrassing, oh. too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is after Mac Jones went out and the Patriots wiped the floor with the Jets, which, fair or not, was kind of, you know, it was informally Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson, even though, you know, regardless of up, up how much state, merit that really. New Yorkers are just laughing and pissing all over the Manhattan oh, yeah. fans. Technically, the Northern Jersey fans, because. Yeah. You know, Giants and Jets don't play in New York. Yeah, but Mac Jones came crashing back to earth this week. And, you know, like I kind of said about, I think we talked about Zach Wilson last week. I don't think it's an indictment of his whole career, but no. it's these punch in the face, you know, rookie mistakes start to snowball kind of games that, you know, you just have to watch out for and, and keep tabs on. And luckily for Mac Jones, his bad performance was overshadowed by, let me check my notes, every other rookie quarterback this season. So... I don't think he has that much to worry about, but I figured we'd throw him in here. I mean, let's keep in mind, too, uh, Peyton Manning threw 20 interceptions his rookie year, like, and he started every game. I, 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 they're rookies. You have to go in with, especially if you're a fan of a team that has a rookie quarterback, they're going to make mistakes. There are so many growing pains that happen with rookie quarterbacks, and it's not an indictment on their career trajectory. The, I think the biggest, downside would be pulling them, putting them in, pulling them, putting, kind of like what the Dolphins did last year with Tua, how they kept yeah. kind of, you know, on the short leash. Like you need to have, like, like if you're going to commit to a guy, you have to go all in like the, like the Browns have with Baker, you know, you have, you know, that's not a bad example, but yeah, there's it's the only way to find that, out what you have. Yeah. And that, and that's why, you know, you, you, you want to keep guys in there. <laughs> yeah. You got, you want to have them in there because you need to see what they are before you move on. And, you know, you don't want, the worst thing is you move on too quickly and they flourish elsewhere, AKA Ryan Tannehill, um, when you got away from the Jets. But Darnold's so far, but yeah. Darnold's so everyone, far. Everyone that just leaves the Jets, I guess, but. Leaves Adam Gase, they are really good. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly with the one exception. Trevor Lawrence sucks. Uh, he is beyond redemption. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Jesus. We'll find out when this, when this episode airs. Uh, he plays later today. So Trevor we'll, Lawrence uh, is washed. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, against what looks to be a frisky Bengals team. Like, oh, dude. I, I like, actually – I like the Bengals this year. I know. Like, see, now that I've lost – now that we lost them in overtime – on like such a weird way like that, I like I don't feel as bad when they beat the Se- the Steelers so bad. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, doesn't look terrible. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're hella frisky. I feel I'm like, like all, all right. the cat teams are frisky this year, with the except I guess like the Jaguars are friskier than like the Jets, whoa, whoa, even whoa, though they're whoa, both whoa, terrible. Whoa. <laughs> well, the Jets are not a cat team. What are you? No, no, but I'm saying like the Jaguars are like the friskiest of the bad bad teams. Oh. So I'm still putting Frisky on them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had a kick six. That yeah, was they pretty, returned that was electric. A, they returned a field goal attempt for a touchdown. That's that's Frisk. A 68 yard field goal attempt. <laughs> Jesus. Like, 
yeah, Prater like knew that his record was going to be in jeopardy later. So he was like, I, I need to, I need to do this. Prater got a bunch of texts like the night before, like, don't come to the game tomorrow. Cause that, wait, or was that before? I think it was actually know. before. Well, oh yeah, no, cause that was during the, the noon games and the record breaking one was at the end. 325. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he probably did know. Someone came into his ear, dude, you, you just lost your record. Um, all right, with that. Let's go into our week four preview. Uh, I got, so I have technically four games I want to highlight. One, just because of narrative. Um, obviously, let's talk about ours first. So at noon, we have the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, making his return to Minnesota to go against the Minnesota Vikings. You guys are so fucked. The Stefanski revenge game. I don't know, man. It's over. This is this is one of those things like the Browns, they have not looked that sharp since like like they looked really good against the Chiefs, but the last couple of weeks, I don't know, like the the Bears might just not be that good of a team. Like week two, they didn't look that well, the, great. The Bears definitely aren't that good of a team, but yeah. I mean, I don't think that they were trying for most of that game against the Bears really. Uh, you know, in terms of foot on the gas kind of I don't of know, stuff. like they only won they like they were looking in trouble from the Texans, unless a Tyrod Taylor injury happens, they might lose that game. I think like, that both of these teams in this game right now that we're talking about, I think they have good offenses, but I think the Browns defense is better than the Vikings defense. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. If if the Vikings, that they need to go into this game and just make Baker Mayfield beat you. Baker Mayfield, are you arguably, not concerned with Odell Beckham Jr.? Mm, Really. Uh, uh, oh, it sounds point, like though. you're a little concerned. Not really. I mean, they're not going to have Jarvis Landry. Are you uh, not concerned with Donovan Peoples-Jones? No, I saw him enough at Michigan. He's not that good. Um, His three names. <laughs> yeah. God, means you know, so, I'm a Packer so fan. Many, that means something. So many, yeah, so many good receivers <laughs> with three names. Um, that hyphen in there. Oh, shit. Although you can't, you can't account for the hyphen. Yeah. Um, one actually that I do really like, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, but, um, I thought you were saying Amon Ra St. Brown. No. Uh, so I think if we take away Chubb and Kareem Hunt as much as possible and make Baker beat you, cause like arguably Baker Mayfield, large if, but yeah, Baker, make like Baker, Mayfield's make Baker Bayfield. Yes. Go on. Is probably the <laughs> worst quarterback we've faced so far like you can make an argument with him and burrow but I i'd know. say i'd I, say burrow's still kind of hobbled i don't know jury's still out they're close yeah and which is you know he's a lot easy he's a lot easier to go against than russell wilson and kyler murray um i don't know i i think if the offense continues what we can do if it protects kirk um i like our chances it's at home if it was at cleveland i'd feel different uh that being said what do you think the line is for this game I think the line is probably Vikings minus two. Cleveland minus two. Oh, no yeah. respect. Yeah, so I, I'm all right with that. I saw a lot of the predictions were very in favor of Cleveland. Over-under is 51.5, so they're, Vegas is expecting some points in this game. Um, I don't As know. I, I. Feel, I feel I feel good. Like I feel weirdly good again. Like I did last week, which is I why mean, they're going to lose. It's because you, you're I, feeling cautiously optimistic. Which no, means that's you're why. Gonna get that's your how I felt last crushed. week. 
that's how I felt last week. I felt cautiously optimistic about it. Like something about it. I think Zimmer kind of doesn't like put Stefanski in his place, but I think he has a really good game plan for it. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I definitely don't see this being multiple scores either direction. I do like our chances, though, a good amount. Something to note about this game, it has the second longest game preview video from the NFL. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of Um, of tape. (laughs) All right, going going to your game, we have at 325, so you'll actually be able to watch. Well, it's on CBS anyway, so I guess you'll be able to watch this one. Uh, Oh, no, the Vikings is on CBS this week. Interesting. Okay. Uh, But so you had CBS. You might actually have Romo and Nance. I don't know. You might actually have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I can see that there. I don't I don't see them picking the Ravens Broncos over your guys's game. So you probably have Romo Nance Uh, 325 Steelers at Green Bay. Um, Is this the no, you are home for the Lions. Yeah, Yeah, so we were we were at home for the Lions. Uh, this yeah. is the second home game, and just want to point out this has the uh, the longest preview video. By the way, gotcha. Mm. Yeah, take that. Um, th- I think I don't know. I want to be optimistic about this game, and the only the only sandbag on my hot air balloon is that we won on a walk off field goal dramatic thing, and I am so superstitious that I think that we're just going to lose because of that. It's hard. <laughs> for me to function in my day-to-day life and this is just a little window into that i i've been burned by that that you know that trend of crazy win followed by devastating loss so many times that it, it's just something that i believe in wholeheartedly so the packers will lose um in heartbreaking fashion big ben will score 17 touchdowns on the ground um, but no, in, in reality, I mean, I think the Steelers defense is good, but definitely beatable. Um, I think TJ Watt is still out. He's still hurt. Is that true? I don't, I don't know. Google he, was, he didn't play last week. Um, so he might be there, he, but he might not be. Uh, it might be. I don't know. Okay, he's so he's he's, been, yeah, he's he, been practicing, but he's, he's limited. limited in practice. Okay. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But keep it around for Friday. Friday is the big obviously indicator. So yeah, yeah. But regardless, I think the Packers' offense can get some uh, some momentum going and build on what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. And I think that on defense, I think it's going to hinge on turnovers. And I think that Big Ben, you know, if we can capitalize on times when Ben just throws the ball to a linebacker, uh, I, I think that that is what's going to seal this one. But I am I'm optimistic except for that small uh sick diseased part of my brain that doesn't believe it but All right. Well, the other game I uh wait, wait, wait. I really what's wanna... the line? What's the line? Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh what do you think the line is? Um Packers pa- 5 and a half. Packers 6 and a half. Over oh. under only... Packers are the over under is only forty five and a half, so that's a big Ben over under right there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other game that I want to talk about a good amount of for next week, just because this is a big test for them. Uh, little NFC West matchup at three oh five on Fox. Cardinals at Rams. Both teams three and zero. This is a game where 
we obviously know that the Rams are legit. We know that the Rams are going to be good. The Cardinals have always kind of fooled us a little bit the last couple of years with Cliff Kingsbury early season. This is going to be a big statement for them if they come out, be competitive, or even take a win. This this game, the Cardinals are going to lose this game. Um, I don't believe in them at all. If it was yeah. a primetime game, I would flip that. I would say they would find a way to win because there's nothing better than the NFC West in a primetime game. But as it stands, I just I don't think the Cardinals are for real. I think, you know, they they struggled mightily against the Vikings. Kyler has looked, you know, good but volatile. And the Rams have been a juggernaut. I just really don't see a path yeah. unless the I the Rams could lose this game, but there's nothing the Cardinals could specifically do to win it, I feel like. Yeah. The Cardinals the Cardinals should be two and one with beating the Titans in week one, which the Titans look very flat, and the Jags kind of in a frisky game against them last week. Like the Cardinals the, ja- the Jags in a college football game where just weird shit kept happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like if not for Flea Flicker pick six. That game's very close. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, is what it is. Like, the Cardinals are weird. I think Kyler I, Murray. I think the Cardinals are fine, but they're definitely not in that top tier of teams. No. I, I wouldn't even put the Cardinals above Seattle. Like, I I just, I think I don't the know. Cardinals are, and Seattle are the Spider-Man meme. I think they're the same fucking team. They're, yeah. they're wildly inconsistent. Their defense is kind of a problem. Their I offense guess I just, has I all just, these playmakers. I just trust Russell more than Kyler, but that's yeah. just because of longevity with it. I don't know. And, and, and the coaching and of Carroll. Yeah, trauma. <laughs> um, all right, and the last one I want to point out, just because it's pretty fu- it's a big deal. It's, uh, it's part night, of our brand at this point. Sunday night, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, especially Tom Brady, makes his return to New England to go against the Patriots. I mean, this is obviously a big one. Um, I wish the Patriots were better. I do too. <laughs> for I this do. game. Because yeah. if the Patriots were like, even oh, just like pretty good, and we got to see, I love then it, like, then it would be more of a... Their defense is good. Their defense yeah. is good, but like, I wish their offense was a little bit more consistent. I mean, it's a rookie quarterback. But if yeah. like, if imagine the narrative, if Mac Jones had been like lights out and they're two and one or three and oh, and they should, and they should have beat Miami the first week. Um, and like Patriots have been in every game. I feel like they've been in, they played and Mac Jones could be very good. But if he was, imagine if he was lighting it up and yeah, Tom Brady comes back like, Oh man, I know you don't like him. But like, no, it would just, be awesome. Objectively, just as a pure it would be really fan, cool. Like that's so like the narratives. Like that's the fact that it would happen that way would be so sweet. And then we're going to get that to a lesser extent. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll still tickets, get it, and the the coverage will will play that the, up. The ticket price for this right now that I'm seeing on ESPN tickets it says as low as three hundred and eight dollars <laughs> for the worst <laughs> seats in the house. Patriots games are very expensive, but like that's absurd. Like there's nothing close to that. But I'm. Seeing. I mean this this is a game that you know even if it's a blowout, it's still something that Patriots fans and that's it's kind of unique to to the whole you know you have a franchise quarterback, a legend of the game, face the franchise, yada yada yada, Super Bowls and all that stuff. And then they go somewhere else, which is not unheard of. It's actually, you know, more common than not. 
Um, and you have stuff like Brett Favre and things like that. And if Brett Favre, even if he hadn't had success with the Jets, if he would have come back to Lambeau with the Jets, people would have been excited to see him. Packer fans would have yeah. been excited to see him. But you have the knife twist of going to the rival, and yeah. that was what you know kind of soured that experience. And whereas and then with Tom, really well too. Yeah. Like, whereas with Tom, the, the Patriots were so bad last year; they weren't even remotely in contention yeah. for anything. So it wasn't like they were going to play the Bucks, or it mattered what happened. They don't have with any ill will towards them. Like, that's no, the exactly. Like, like there's I'm no expecting a very warm welcome. Like there are definitely Patriots fans out there that are like. Either they jump ship to the Bucks because they're Tom Brady fans, mm-hmm. or they are Patriots fans and loyal, and they root for Tom Brady to be successful. Like they're like, if we can't win, I hope he does. And like, which I think that's extent, most of them. Yeah, yeah. Which to an extent, you probably because like it, it's not like he left on bad terms. It was just no, they, it was they, time. It was, yeah, it, it was it was Tom versus time, and time won. And not not really, but. Yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> But yeah, this is amicable, you know, it wasn't it wasn't super messy. I mean, it was still a breakup and I'm sure it still hurt at the time, but I feel like seeing him now, you know, if I was a Patriots fan, I'd probably really want to go to that game. And so yeah. I understand why why the demand is so high and I'm glad it's a primetime game. I'm probably going to get sick of the, you know, pageantry of it all halfway yeah. through, but at least for the moment it's it's cool to talk about and think about. Yeah. Um, is Tom going to kiss uh, Bill on the lips when he sees him again? No, I don't think so. My son. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested. I don't, I don't see the Bucks. I think the Patriots will kind of keep it close just because their defense is actually like stingy and good. I don't think they will. I think Tom's going to kill him. I, I would be okay with that with too. Yeah. I think Tom's going to bounce back and have a fuck you game after the Rams I mean, kind of shut line, him down. The line is... Tampa seven, so they're you know on a way seven point favorite. Over under is only forty nine. They see it pretty lopsided. Yep. Um, all right, that was the last one. I mean, a couple other ones around the league. Meh, interesting, but not really. I don't want too much to talk about. Um, Colts, Dolphins, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> we got Lions and Tigers and Bears, and not the Tigers. The Jags and Bengals tomorrow or today on Dude, Thursday. Dude, that's that's so. the college football championship rematch. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. 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 Remember, remember, remember that? That was before COVID. Remember when uh, life was normal? Normal. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was great. All right, let's go to two minute drill. All right, I got four. I do as well. So I get. I'll I'll let you start this week. Ready, set, go. Uh, Who is the best team in the AFC? I have to say Bills. Uh, After seeing Josh Allen doing what he did, uh, the defense looks to be playing well. Bills. Chiefs will rebound, but Bills right now. Uh, Not the the Broncos, huh? (laughs) No. When does Nagy get fired? Nagy doesn't get fired until the end of the season um, i think the bears are one of those organizations that's going to be very slow yeah uh who is the best team in the nfc has to be the rams um just top to bottom they look to be the most consistent they don't really show too many weaknesses the only weakness is they don't have a consistent run game but they're still effective um stafford's playing his best football 
you have guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and and yeah, the Rams. Yeah. Um, is Justin Fields actually not that good, or is it just product of the system that he's in, or both? It's both. I think that it's probably more the system than Fields because you've seen it with our rookie quarterbacks. There are there are growing pains. There's you know it takes time. No one really is awesome right out of the gate, but the system is doing him negative favors. Uh, so yeah. both. Uh, who is the worst team in the AFC? I don't know if you're sensing a pattern here. <laughs> uh, worst team in the AFC? I mean, it has to be the Jets. Yeah, like, I think the Jets are the Jags. The I, Jags are too frisky. I, I, yeah, I just think it has to be the Jets, and that's just because they just don't have anyone proven playmakers. Like Corey the Davis Jets. is their most proven guy they have, <laughs> the, and the Jets points for twenty points against seventy. Mm. Yeah, like it just. I mean, they they're so young. Like I'm, I don't know the number in front of me, but I think they are. If not the youngest, they're definitely one of the youngest teams. Yeah, um, they're up there. It has to be the Jets. Uh, are the Cowboys easily the best team in the NFC East? I didn't think this was going to be easy at the beginning of the year. I thought they had a shot. But based on what we've seen, I mean, they wiped the fucking floor with the Eagles this last week. Washington has looked defense all kinds of out kind of sorts. Decent? Like, the, the Cowboys? Cowboys defense looks good <laughs> enough that when the offense puts it in a good situation, it can do okay. Uh, I say that as a Packer fan. Um and then the Giants are a disaster because, yeah. you know, Giants. So, yes, the, they're they're far and away the best team in that conference or in that division. Uh, and then my last question, uh, who is the worst team in the NFC? Uh, sticking with New York, New York Giants. Um, Worse than the Lions, huh? I, I do. I do think so. Just because the Lions have proven to put up points – um, on a relatively consistent basis, yes, they give up a decent amount, but I mean, it's really close. I don't even know if we get a Lions versus Giants this year. Um, I certainly hope not. Uh, I, I kind of hope we do because that would be pretty telling. Let me actually just. Oh, we might actually is... because I know the Packers play the the football team. No, that, we don't get no, it. No, I don't. I don't think we do. No, they Doesn't play the like Eagles. It. Yeah, they, they played the last place team last year, and that was the Eagles. Yeah. So, so we don't get it. Um, but I I think the Giants just they don't have an identity. Like I don't know what they're what no, they are good Saquon at. Saquon is not it's just what he used to be. Joe Judge is is not a, a bad coach. But he's in no direction. I don't know what they're going to be good at. So I miss. I mean, the Giants. Their, their identity is Daniel Jones, lead rusher, R- running. It's yeah, not a not a great uh, identity. I don't know. All right. And lastly for me, are the Chiefs in trouble? A little bit. Um, the Ooh. Chiefs are in trouble. I, I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs or anything like that. But the Chiefs are kind of in the, you know, the NFC West is the most loaded division in the NFC. AFC West, arguably maybe the AFC North. But the AFC West has some talent as well. I know we talked about the Broncos 3-0 and being slightly fraudulent, but the Chargers are in that division. The Raiders are – we keep using the word frisky, but they're just frisky as hell. Um, you know, they, they were able to pull out a win against the Ravens, kind of against all odds. And so the Chiefs right now at, this, at the bottom of this division, I don't expect that to stay that way. Um, but these last two weeks, Tyreek Hill has been – 
effectively eliminated from the Chiefs' offense by defense, Mm -hmm. you know, just scheming for him specifically. And if they don't find a way to get out of that, uh, Clyde looked better this last week, but Mahomes is also, I mean, he's turned the ball over sometimes. He's trying to kind of do some crazy shit, and it's not always working. So they... They run the risk of, you know, they've been dominant for so long, and I feel like there might be a complacency aspect where they just don't think they need to innovate as much as maybe, you know, teams that haven't been dropping 40, 50 points on other teams for the last two years. I don't think that they're in trouble. In ser- I don't think they're in serious trouble, but they're in a little bit of trouble. Well, I think it all starts with they are currently they are fifth in the NFL in scoring offense and points scored. Mm-hmm. They are dead last in points allowed. Ninety-five so, points allowed in three games. It starts there. Uh, definitely starts there. Um, so yeah, and two minutes. Nice. Sweet. All right. Uh, well, I think that's gonna do it. I don't. I don't have anything else. Um. I'm just happy to be in the win column. That's all I can say. So didn't have to wait until I think it was week five to be in there. It's only week three and probably should have been sooner. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Here we are. Too. I, I jinxed you guys on Twitter when I said you try- four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, oh, I also I also tried to jinx you about in it. the you moment. You jinx me while I'm at the game. Okay, by uh, sending you the exact that. thing that you sent me a week Which prior. It, it made it, it was very different. Very, very different it circumstances. Was, it was the same. No, it was not. There is no very, context. We very, very different circumstances. You were playing the Lions at home, and we had Seattle, who we have not beaten since Russell Wilson's been there. So very different. But but <laughs> birds, no. U.S. Bank. You didn't even know about that until just now, until today. I think so. I knew deep down in my heart. No, I don't. I don't think you did. All right, I'm there. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to our episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. You can go to their website at 10ktakesmn.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes, uh, you can also find us, Third and Forever, on Twitter at TikTok, at third underscore forever 10K, um, where we post episodes each week, as well as clips from the show, memes, jokes, content, especially during Sundays and primetime games. You can also find links to me and Kevin's socials on there as well. Um, yeah, and that's going to do it. I, I'm i just happy to be on a winning side of things. And I feel good about this weekend. I said it before, I feel really good. Um, Tune in next week to see Adam feel less good. We'll find out here. Let's see. Let's see if it works. Uh, I've been your host, Adam Oz. Joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Holm. Kevin, final words. Broncos 17-0.